Good day to you. Hope you're having a wonderful day. We are reading in the book of Acts, also known as the Acts of the Apostle. Apostles, I mean, the Acts of the Apostles. Um, and it's the book of Acts, as in A-C-T-S, not necessarily the way I say it, which sometimes sounds like A-X-E. But it is the book of Acts. <laughs> Nonetheless, um, we're talking about uh, reading chapter 4 now. We've uh, finished chapter 3. And chapter 3, Peter had healed um, a uh, lame beggar. And then had taken advantage of uh, that opportunity he and John to speak to, actually I think this was just mainly Peter, but John was with him. Um, anyway, but Peter took the opportunity, while people were attracted to them from the healing, to speak uh, to these folks. Uh, I think this was uh, more Jews in the temple. Yes, okay. So... He addressed, yeah, okay, so, and when Peter saw it, you know, because he saw the people were around them. Uh, it's actually in a portico, so is this, um, but is that the beautiful gate of the temple? Yeah, okay. And then he addressed the people who were attracted there by the fact that this, this man had been healed, this, this lame beggar. So that was, so this was, was that Peter's second sermon? Is that what they say here? Well, it says he speaks. It doesn't really say his second sermon. So I apologize for saying that. Anyway, so he uh, he spoke to these people and uh, let them know that Jesus was the Son of God. And he was giving them scripture. Let's see. He was giving them scripture here about what Moses had said, you know, explaining to them. So... Chapter 4 picks up, because they weren't done, picks up from that point where Peter is talking to these folks. So this is chapter 4. And as they were speaking to the people, as the priests... No. Sorry. <clears throat> Let me start over. Pardon me. And as they were speaking to the people, the priests and the captain, captain of the temple... And the Sadducees came upon them greatly annoyed because they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. Well, the, we know the Sadducees didn't even believe in the resurrection. And uh, I don't think any of the rest of these people would have appreciated it anyway. Here they thought they had gotten rid of Jesus. And they arrested them and put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. But many of those who had heard the word believed, and the number of the men came to about 5,000. So, here they added more people that believed to their group. On the next day, the rulers and elders and scribes gathered together in Jerusalem, with Annas the high priest, and Caiaphas, and John, and Alexander, and all who were of the high priestly family. There was a relation, and I've forgotten exactly what it is between Annas and Caiaphas, if they were like father and son or something like that. I've forgotten now. Maybe they'll mention that here. <clears throat> okay, so sorry. And when they had set them in the midst, they inquired, By what power or by what name did you do this? 
Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders, if we are being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man, by what means this man has been healed, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, this Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. And there is no, there is salvation in no one. Let me let me. This is verse twelve. Sorry. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated common men, they were astonished, because they spoke of what they learned from the Lord, and the Holy Spirit helped them to remember. And uh, you know, they're speaking. They're knowledgeable of God just because they're not educated men, you know what I mean? They were still knowledgeable of God and they they still knew from their association with Jesus a lot more than maybe these folks were willing to give them credit for. And they recognized that they had been with Jesus. But seeing the man who was healed standing beside them, they had nothing to say in opposition. But when they had commanded them to leave the council, they conferred with one another, saying, What shall we do with these men? For that a notable sign has been performed through them is evident to all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. But in order that it may spread no further among the people, let us warn them to speak no more to anyone in this name. So they called them and charged them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. <coughs> But Peter and John answered them, Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge. For we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. Pretty bold and pretty firm words. That's, that's pretty good. And, and still in a kind of in a nice way, though. I mean, not really being mean, just saying, look, you know, we can't do this. And when they had further threatened them, <laughs> they went ahead and threatened them more anyway. When they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way to punish them because of the people, for all were praising God for what had happened. For the man on whom this sign of healing was performed was more than 40 years old, so he was, you know, well, well into adulthood. He was, and he was well known. I mean, these people had seen him at this gate a lot, because he was, you know, known to be there. So, yeah, they couldn't just brush it away like they would have liked to and they there were just too many witnesses to everything all right so continuing on in verse 23 when they were released they went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and the elders had said to them and when they heard it they lifted their voices to god and said sovereign lord who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them who through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit, Why did the Gentiles rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. I don't think I read that very well. The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers were gathered together It, I guess I guess I'm not reading this very well. I do apologize. This is verse. In case you're wondering, this is verses 25 and 26. And 25 starts the quote, 
Why did the Gentiles rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. Okay, maybe that was better. So, All right. So, for truly in this city there were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness, while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. So that was the place, the fact that the place was shaken, that was a sign of God's acknowledgement or presence of their, you know, their prayer. Um, let's see. So... I mean, so backing up, I mean, Peter spoke boldly and strongly to these people. Peter and John did. They don't say, they say Peter and John answered them. So they both must have given a very similar answer, um, regardless of which one spoke these parts. Um, and we would all like to think that we would be as good as that and say, well, you know, whether you think it's right or not, we... You know, we still have to follow Jesus. We still have to uh, teach and speak about Jesus. So that was great that they were, you know, that they were that bold and, and able to do that and not and not be, you know, it, it would be a little fearful to be brought into, you know, to be arrested and then be brought into in front of, in front of a bunch of people. Um, and then when they're released, they just, you know, they go back and just report to everybody. Uh, what the group, you know, to their group that they had, they were forming that, that initial church, that initial follower, following uh, group of believers. And then they lifted their voices together to God and said, so this is a prayer. And they acknowledged that God is the creator of everything. And they mentioned what, uh, you know, David had said. And, you know, they prayed to continue to have boldness and that they would, you know, be able to still, you know, while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your servant. See, they, they're not saying they're doing any of that. They're saying that's all coming from God. So, that's that's great attitude. It shows how it does, in a lot of ways, these these things are showing how we should be. All right, let's continue on. Verse 32. Now the full number of those... Let me back up just a second. The reason I'm saying that is that if you've ever been in a group or a crowd where you just felt outnumbered and maybe you felt a little, you know, like you couldn't really say what you wanted to say or, or you couldn't really, you know, speak out like you would want to, and not, not to be mean, but you just wanted to you know, say something good, something nice, maybe even invite somebody to church or whatever. I don't know. I mean, just any number of things, but maybe you held back because, you know, the group weren't exactly, maybe uh, you didn't feel comfortable doing that because maybe they weren't exactly 
that type of group where you thought they would be receptive or whatever you know these these things happen um, and sometimes timing does make a difference sometimes if you're out in the in the wrong place wrong time and people have the wrong attitude for it uh, you know sometimes bringing things up won't do any good but uh, anyway I mean just that you know we should try to we should try to be Try to be bold and try not to be too too fear, too fearful of things. We're trying to do something good for someone. If we do it in a correct manner, it should be okay. And if it's not if it's not received, we can we can at least go our own way and uh, and they'll at least know that the door is open that they have an opportunity. All right. Anyway, so uh, continuing on with verse 32. Now the full number of those who believed were of one heart and soul, and no one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own, but they had everything in common. And with great power the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. There was not a needy person among them, for as many as were owners of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold and laid it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to each as any had need. Thus Joseph, who was also called by the apostles Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, a Levite, a native of Cyprus, sold a field that belonged to him and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. So here, <coughs> this is definitely saying that they were you know, they were selling their lands, they were selling things. It doesn't say that they're selling everything. Earlier in chapter 2, when I read this, and if you look at chapter 2, there is a similar accounting <coughs> of sharing. Let's go back there for just a minute. I think this is worthwhile. So, if we go back to, yeah. Okay. Let's see, and all who believed were together and had all things in common. This is uh, chapter 2, verses 44 and on. We're just going to go on. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. Now, this says just to all as if if anyone had need, it didn't matter who it was. They were distributing these goods. Now, in chapter 4, they make it plain here that in that what they're talking about here is they're sharing among themselves. It does not say, but it does say that they're giving the money, they're laying the money at the apostles' feet. So it's, I guess there's no way to know for sure that they didn't give to anyone else, you know, any poor or whoever might be in need. But, um... In the first accounting in, in Acts 2, it just says, in distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And that made me think of what Jesus had said about, you know, selling, selling, you know, I told the rich, the rich man to sell your stuff and give to the poor and follow me. And it's kind of like they were going along with that. But here in chapter 4, this reads a little differently. Yes, but this is mainly, even in chapter 2, this is mainly talking about the believers. So even though it says to all as any had need, it may still be referring to just the believers. But, uh, but I'm not sure. They didn't qualify it. Above they qualified, they said, and all who believed were, were together and had all things in common. 
and then here they just say distributing the proceeds to all but it could still be a reference to the same group and just that they didn't qualify it so as any had need so again they were doing kind of I mean we would call that a kind of uh, I don't want to say this in a bad way to bring up anything bad they would we would look at this and say it's a kind of uh, socialism or communal thing where they're um, where they're doing this but it doesn't say that they're getting rid of everything it doesn't say that they're selling all their goods and all their houses and all their lands for all we know some of these folks were rich and had multiple pieces of property and multiple things and um but in chapter 2, it does say, and they were selling their possessions and belongings, which makes it sound like they were selling maybe all. But in chapter 4 here, let's read this again. There was not a needy person among them, for as many as were owners of land or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold and laid it at the apostles' feet. So it's it's not clear. I don't, I don't get the feeling, though. It, it doesn't say that they're selling all everything they own and all their stuff it just sounds like they're selling some things um, I just mention that because it's 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 interesting um, you could use these scriptures as a basis for you know saying well we're not doing that you know we're not doing that why are we not doing that today if we're the original church and this is the original way they got started why aren't we doing this well this isn't saying that they sold everything I, I, I believe part of the reason we take up a collection we all are trying to give on a regular basis what we can give you know um, so I don't I don't think these people were all like destituting themselves you know or putting themselves out um, it just says though that they were they were selling things they were um, removing or selling things that they possibly didn't need for their families or need for to support their family and they were they were given that uh, some of these people could have been quite wealthy. And then some people, obviously, were needy. And uh, it says there was not a needy person among them because it was distributed to each as any had need. So they, they took care of the needy members within them and made sure they were not needy. They took care of them. And that we should be doing in our local congregations. We should be taking care of our members and making sure that they're uh, taken care of and not not in need and not um, you know not going to be in some way destitute or put out so anyway I've probably rambled on long enough about that I, I just think this is this is a very good example of a congregation taking care of the members within and helping them and I think that is a big part of what we should do um, That's, that's really all I'm getting at. I just think that's an important part of what we should do throughout as best we can, right? And, and I know some, some churches are much smaller than others. And I think sometimes larger congregations are a bigger problem because people get lost in the shuffle and they, you know, maybe they forget, you know, uh, that some of, their, some of their members who are maybe as vocal or aren't, you know, up front or being seen that uh, maybe they forget them so we want to make sure we're not doing that and then we're trying to help our members of our congregation and watching out for them and taking care of them because this is two examples in chapter two and chapter four where they are definitely definitely taking care of fellow believers taking care of 
the the members in their their group here. All right. Anyway, that is the end of chapter four. They're going to continue with some of this in chapter five, and I know this kind of breaks it up, but we'll continue this as we go into chapter five, and because there's chapter five addresses some other things. Okay. All right. I want to thank you for listening. I hope you have a wonderful day. And remember, God loves you.